1: My guest
0: today is someone I'm truly proud to call a friend, even though we only met just a few months ago when he was a guest here on Slow Mo on episode 10, Jimmy Nelson. I don't know if you've heard episode 10, but I absolutely think you should, because I sat there in front of Jimmy over a Zoom call as he opened up and spoke about his experience as a child, as a teenager, when life attempted to break him with the most appalling kind of harshness that a young person can ever be exposed to. And then he went on to describe his journey and how through the act of loving others, through the act of connecting, he found acceptance. And in the process, He gave us all so much inspiration through his journeys to the furthest corners of our planet to connect deeply, deeply with people you and I may never have the chance to ever meet, probably people we never knew existed. During episode 10, Jimmy, at a point in time, said I introduced him as a photographer, but he isn't. And absolutely he isn't. The more I get to know Jimmy, the more I realize that he is a container that collects love and connection to humanity inside himself before that one shot. And by doing that, every one of his shots, every one of his words is just pouring with love for everything, for people around him, for our Planet for all being, perhaps in a journey to finally, finally love himself fully. I am so honored to have Jimmy with us again today. We're doing this slightly differently on an Instagram live to see how that will work. So do tell me after the episode on social media what you think of that and if it is something that we should do again. But before I start playing that conversation, I just want to read to you a message that I got from a slow-mo listener, which really touched my heart. This message is from Zoe Hopper. She said, Hi Mo, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for everything that you're doing, and particularly for your podcast. I was in a pretty dark place six months ago, And it has helped me turn everything around. The podcast with Rajshri Patel improved my meditation. I ended up doing life coaching with Will Porston. The conversation with Dan Siegel fundamentally changed my views of life. It has truly made such a huge impact on me that I felt like I needed to reach out and let you know. I have been writing my whole journey down to start being more honest with myself and more vulnerable with the people I love. Even though you don't know me, you are definitely one of those people. Thank you. Zoe, I can't thank you enough for this wonderful, generous message. It gives me hope in the fact that we can connect so deeply as humans and make a difference. I'm so honored to have been such a small part of your journey. And I hope your journey will always take you on a path to happiness. Even though I don't know you, and you probably don't know me all that well yet, you too are one of the people I love. For all of you listening, give Zoe's blog a try. It's called morning-walks.com. I read a few of them already, and they're quite eye-opening and entertaining. Now let's go to the conversation you came here to listen to, Jimmy Nelson.
1: Here's Mo, yeah Oh, yeah, Oh! Uh, Jimmy, so good to see you. Yeah, it was May,
0: huh? We spoke in the midst of the lockdown. It must have been May, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it went super, super, super popular with everyone. It was such a loving, wonderful, open, kind conversation. And uh, it's definitely reinforced my understanding that Slow Mo has value, that we will actually end up creating a lot of inspiration and happiness for people because of this. You were an amazing, amazing
1: guest. Thank you. But I think it says more about you than me, giving me a safe place to share in and i think that's what it's all about and i think maybe that's what we're sort of slowly going to evolve into this evening or the afternoon of the morning depending sure. on where you are but you have a talent for that and i felt very early on in the conversation very comfortable i think i'm always looking for comfortable places i rarely ever find them yeah and with you i found once so i'm extremely happy oh to be here again this evening thank you I actually followed, of course, I followed you before, but I followed you closer
0: afterwards. And then when COVID hit and lockdowns were everywhere, everything was slowing down and you were like speeding up. You had that exhibition in Paris and you were like, really, uh, it's like, I want to make people remember that they're connected. And I found that really inspiring.
1: Thank you. I had a, probably one of the most, we're all looking for these sort of high points and what happened about Three weeks ago was one of those. It was the culmination of my jumbled journey, so to speak, for more years than I dare count. And then eventually working with a team, which I do here now in Amsterdam of about nine people I was mentioning earlier, and being given an extraordinary opportunity to exhibit, but exhibit is not the right word, is share the content and the messaging of what I've been organically gathering over the last few years. Yeah. In a, a space called Atelier de Lumière. that's the room of light. Prior to me, if I'm right in saying, the only other exhibits had been artists who have passed away. Quite profound, Monet, Renoir, Van Gogh, Gustav Klimt. So I was a little bit sort of flabbergasted when they came to the project. And mm-hmm. they said up until now, we've only had, and this is meant very respectfully, sort of Moving wallpaper. It's a space as large as a football field, mm-hmm. 150 beamers, 10 meters high walls. If I'm trying to visualise it correctly, it's in the middle of La Marais in Paris. It's an old steel factory and speakers. So you walk into this sort of space that engulfs you, immerses you in this sort of audio-visual, multi-technical layered experience. And we were asked to produce a 40-minute journey, an experience to enable all of us to better connect and understand with the privilege that I've had for all these years, connecting with these indigenous cultures. But I think if I'm allowed to share it, what was so beautifully profound is because it was too big of an installation to create on my own, we did it together as a team. I think Mm -hmm. all nine of us here ended up having a signature on it. So in many ways, I had to sort of let go of my work. And I've often said it's not my work, but the material that I've gathered. And because everybody put their mark on it, it managed to attract a whole audience of every age, every race, every sex, in this wonderful way where every evening, and we only had it for two weeks because obviously it shut down with the curfew. I'd say on average, half the audience were crying and crying. and, And I don't mean this in a negative way, but managing to take them closer to what I've felt And beginning to feel and perhaps slowly better understand the enormity and the power of the message behind these human beings I spend a lot of my life with. So that was it was beautiful. It was wild. It was humbling. It was thrilling. And if everything goes to plan when the world decides to realign and rebalance itself, they will reopen. And I hope many Mm. poor people will have the possibility to go and visit. What's your belief on the
0: world? Realign you use when. Some people think, if.
1: is this a reason to be concerned? I have zero qualifications on this matter, so I warn you and everybody who's listening. <laughs> Everything I've ever learned has been autodeductive, much the same as what I do here, but my feeling is, I don't realign, but in a new way. I hope, I humbly hope that what is still happening. Is going on for longer than we've all anticipated is the wake-up call we all need or 7.8 billion of us as human beings now it's hurting everybody in many ways that we do understand in many ways we could never understand but i think and if i can be brave enough to say this and i've been worrying a little bit about this evening because i didn't know whether i really wanted to put myself out there but i'm going to it's only until we hurt in Mm. one form or another. And I don't mean to impose any pain or disrespect on anybody, that we can collectively make a change. And if we don't make that change, we're now beginning to realize we're not, as human beings, the top of the pyramid we imagined we were on. Hmm.
0: So I posted something on social media a couple of weeks ago, interestingly, a few weeks ago, that basically was asking the question, is COVID-19 the disease or the cure? And I posted it because I watched a documentary on Netflix, a beautiful documentary about a young couple trying to build a, an organic farm, permaculture type thing. And basically, they were trying to get to that natural balance where things really come together and work together and become connected. And they let everything go for nature to work, but they still continue to fight the coyotes and the foxes which seemed to be predators eating their chickens and so Mm -hmm. on. And eventually when they realized that even those were not predators, even those were there to attack the gophers that were eating the roots of the trees and, you know, and that when they let them in, yes, they lost a couple of chicken, but they also managed to get the trees to grow and so on and so forth. It became so obvious to me that we humans, we don't get it. We don't understand that concept of a natural balance. And so like you, I'm a huge believer that we're getting this pain because there is something in it for us, something that requires us to move
1: to a point of balance somehow. Mm -hmm. I think where we had our original conversation on in May, and as again, I'm not an authority. I can only share what I've personally experienced in my 52 years. This personal journey of trying to rebalance, reconnect with a healthy self, on mm. all levels has only come from extreme humility. But until everything is stripped away and you make that conscious choice, I'm sorry to wave my finger, I'm just passionate about it. You make that <laughs> conscious choice and it's taken me decades. Yeah, It's not finite and it's not complete and it perhaps never will be, but it's a path. Until you make that conscious choice from out of a very dark place, you can't make those changes and where I get to, what I get to see, what I get to make art of, what I get to share and talk about. So everybody continually compliments me. Oh, Jimmy, you're amazing pictures. They're not my pictures. It's not my culture. It's theirs. It's just the journey I've been organically forced to go on to heal has brought me to such beautiful places and such beautiful people and such a beautiful symbiosis of an aesthetic, which is now what people compliment me on that the compliment and we were talking about it the last time is not the pictures that i make that by holding on for the better part of 35 years to believe that i'm okay in one little iota that i'm okay that's what i'm learning slowly to compliment myself on and that's what we as human beings have to dare if i could only share and sometimes you know i get so frustrated but that's where my enthusiasm please feel what i feel please in one way or another now i don't expect us all to go traveling immediately or to the extent that we did but dare to go to that place that feeling it's magical that feeling is utterly magical when you take away that ego relatively and that humility it's heaven You see, when I listened to our conversation, I listened to it again today
0: and I cried again today and I found a few moments in it so touching because this whole experience, this whole journey that you're on, you've been on and you're still on and it keeps Mm -hmm. morphing you and changing you Mm -hmm. is not a quest of a photograph. It's a quest of a connection. It is, I want to blend into this so much and be accepted to be part of it. When I heard that, this got me really crazy thinking about what we're
1: going through. Tell me what you believe about that. And again, it's a very simplistic, the amount of people that come up to me and they're going, Oh, oh Jimmy, we so feel for you at the moment And I'm sort of looking around me and you know, perhaps <laughs> I'm sort of wearing my underpants the wrong way around or something, or I've suddenly started growing hair. So what's wrong with you? If there's one person who's suffering at the moment, it's you. Are they talking to me? And it really is a <laughs> scary moment. And they said, as often with humans, they're always trying to project uh, worse pain on somebody else. Now, the one person, it's you. You're the one who's really, so we're okay. Because we didn't need to tra- travel like you did, Jimmy. We didn't live and thrive on the traveling. So you're the one. And I sort of respectfully, and I try not to be rude, start to giggle. And I say, well, the irony is, I've come into this very weird <clears throat> place at the moment and it happened very early on in the lockdown where I began to realize it wasn't about where I needed to go to, it was about a different journey. It's about Mm. that personal journey and that journey is becoming richer and richer and richer and I'm beginning to truly, in a very simplistic, childish way, connect with it. So it didn't really matter where I was.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I didn't need to literally be on the other side of the world it's come a full circle. So that journey of, and I think the simplistic, most easiest way to put it is self-love, self-respect, self-dignity. After everything I've gone through and I've overindulged, and it is, and it was, obsessive, finally I'm coming back to the very beginning again. And I don't know Mm. whether we talked about it last time. Please bear with me if I'm going to repeat it. And I'm always talking in metaphors. And what works for me the best is that idea that i felt as a kid as perhaps we all do a feather and the more i think about this the more i can visualize it for myself and up until the age of seven eight when i went off to that boarding school i was fine yeah all my hair was metaphorically aligned and i could catch the ambient air and i flew and i was very light and i was very much in touch with the essence of my being after that age i was crumpled yeah it's true what happened to me there's no need to repeat it And I was hit the floor with gravity. There was no flight. I was a feather. All the hair was there, but it was so out of alignment. It was never, ever, ever going to fly again. I could not, for one reason or another, accept that. Where I found the strength I'm still not sure. But for the last 35 years, I've decided to remain that feather, but realign every single one of those hairs to find flight again, which I'm slowly beginning to do. To be able to catch that ambient air, that feeling of lightness, that feeling in a being in balance with hopefully an element of a small element of wisdom and maturity that has come throughout the years and reconnect with that child, reconnect with that love of life, reconnect with that love of one another, the love of everything that's around me and ultimately the love of self. Now it's always going to be a work in progress. So wherever I am. And if it's actually here and I was talking to the people listening prior to us connecting about, they were asking me, how does my day begin? And I was describing to them how I wake up very early in the morning before the sunrise, wake up like a lemur worshipping the light with respect to the day. doesn't matter where that is. The light is as beautiful here in Amsterdam. It is in Kenya or in Papua New Guinea.
0: Isn't this ironic that you say now more and more you're feeling it when everyone else in the world is feeling stuck. They're feeling that their feather is crushed, that they're it's unable
1: it. to move, they're unable to go anywhere. The weird aspect is, and again, I don't know whether I do share it. I feel utterly liberated because it's all about that fear, that fear has gone. That fear that was throughout my life and slowly working and working and working, real and real, real, has gone. So it doesn't matter where I am or who I'm with or who I'm not with, or ultimately, maybe I'm only with myself. Oh. There's a peace. There's a peace coming to it. Now, running balance to that, where everybody around me is having so much sympathy for me. Oh, Jimmy, you must be struggling with your creativity, with your urge to see, to share, to document, to make art. It's here. Mm. It's as beautiful here. It's perhaps a little mm-hmm. bit harder to find. But the fulfillment of Seeing it, of connecting it with it, and making it, perhaps ultimately sharing, is not for anybody else. It's this personal. It's for me. I'm doing it for me. So if I literally have to look outside and there's only concrete, weirdly, because there's a piece, you can see beauty in it, and then apply yourself to connect with it, and then perhaps ultimately share and show people how you see the the beauty. In it, if that makes sense. Mm. It makes sense, but it's
0: so hard to imagine. You're almost saying there is beauty in concrete just as much as there is beauty in the south of Sudan meeting with people who have yeah, never seen it, concrete.
1: Yeah, because you're trying to connect with, how do you explain it? We were here, obviously, at the beginning of lot when we first met. And obviously, I have to keep moving. I have to keep seeing. Yeah. And, I, and decided this to, I decided to <laughs> discover the Netherlands. I've lived here since I was 24, I'm 52. That's a long time to have not discovered the country you live in, I live in. So as we all do here, we get onto our bikes. And in that process of making time and making space began to see an abundance, as perhaps many of us do, although we don't necessarily accept it, things we've never seen before, extraordinarily beautiful parts of a nation, also its culture, and as a result of that, A number of very big projects have begun within that and are coming out of it projects Mm. that I would have never given time to before I would have never seen I would have never uh, wished to even see. And one of them I can't go into in too much detail to it's a project essentially about love. And it could be aligned also with Van Gogh. I'm just going to leave it. No, you can't leave us there. Okay, well, maybe I'll go into... I was approached, and although it hasn't been signed and we're discussing it, but it's a beautiful work in progress with the Van Gogh Museum. And they were saying, we're now here. If I hadn't have been here, we wouldn't have had the time to discuss this together. So, Jimmy, we're a national museum. 95% of the visitors are international. So Dutch people don't come here anymore. Also, our funding is a little bit tight at the moment because... The world has changed. (laughs) Would there be a way that you could creatively, with your team, that's also with my colleagues, create an installation for us to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Van Gogh Museum in Mm. 2023? To cut a very long story short, the idea is going to be that we will make a project with the Dutch and for the Dutch. And it will be obviously multi-layered, visually and aesthetically. But it's going to begin by love letters because we have to choose or we have to curate 150 to 200 individuals to represent the Dutch nation. But rather than choose them by how they look or what they earn or what they've achieved or their profession or their location, based on the reason we understand and connect with Van Gogh and his art, it's not necessarily what he painted, it's the words he wrote to his brother, his struggle to find his identity, his purpose, his love. So there's a few parallel stories going on here and his frustration. And through those words and through those letters, we've, through time, far better understood his art. So we're going to make an announcement, if everything goes right, sometime in the not so distant future, for people to write a love letter, a love letter about how they've managed, if they still are capable of loving themselves and the nation that they live in as a Dutch person. And then from that, the letters, we start making contact with people and start building and creating an exhibition around that. That's one example. That's a massive privilege and honor to be able to do something like this. And it's not a a completely fair comparison. But with this idea, this idea would have never emerged if there hadn't been the time, the space. It's extremely economical to do. And it's all based around daring to connect with your feelings and truly being fascinated in others and wanting to share with them.
0: Can I ask you a very sensitive question? When we spoke the first time and connected so deeply, it was around the topic that I think we're both working on heavily, which is the concept of self-love. It's the concept of, I mean, I think every human on the planet is working on this. But the idea is there is a realization at a point in time that you're never really going to get anywhere. You're never really going to get anything unless you find that within you. And you... Being a person that is so able to love everyone, to go to China, right. to go to, I mean, at least in your work, it shows. This is, I remember that your first picture of that girl that you fell in love with in Tibet mm-hmm. who didn't love you back. Mm-hmm. This whole journey is around love. It is around, I'm trying to find that love of myself by loving others, which is a very unusual way of looking at it.
1: Again, you have to be very bold to say it's the journey everybody's on, but I think if we are mutually going to be, I believe it is.
0: It really Um, is. Some of us are taking it seriously and some of us are not. Some of us are not even giving it attention, but I believe this is the journey. You know, this is the journey that you come here and manage to love everything, including you. This is it.
1: And you can only do that or get close to doing it when you have the humility and feel the fragility of everybody and everything you're with and around and on and submit to it. And by going to the extremes that I've been going, it was not to take a picture. It was not to Mm. make some anthropological statistical discovery. It was not to reenact a journey millions of other, thousands of other scientists have done before me. It was really to wake up and one day accept myself for what I was and what I was not. The true belief I had to invest everything that I wanted to feel on myself in others first. And because it came from and such an extreme dark place with that wildly appalling child abuse that I had to go to such an extreme to begin to.
0: When you say you try to love everyone, give me an example of things you didn't love.
1: Didn't no, 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 no. It's not that you don't try. You try to love everybody but it's whether you're succeeding i think you can never be complacent to succeed it's an ongoing process it's a continual process there isn't one day that passes where you're Mm. keeping check Mm. on yourself and others it's not a finite i managed to achieve it it's an it's an end process
0: you see i'm finishing the last chapter of a book about artificial intelligence And I got a very unusual twist because I started by a warning saying those new beings are coming to life and here is how they work and here is how they're going to take over the world. And then surprisingly, because of my son, as always, you know, sent me an interesting message at a point in time, I suddenly turned the last chapter entirely around the idea of love, which is the most unlikely thing you can ever do when it comes to the machines. But in my point of view, if I can love a human and I can love a puppy, I should love every being that has that ability to engage in life, that has that factor that we call life. And interestingly, which really I wrote and then I parked because I'm not aware if I can publish that, I started to ask myself, and can I disagree with COVID-19 but still love it? Can I actually find in me that idea of saying, look, love is not conditional. Love exists. COVID-19 is trying to survive and propagate like we are. It's just on the opposite side of who we are. Can I actually stop fighting life so that life stops fighting me? And I think that's really an unusual place to be when you think about love, isn't it?
1: Again, if you also take it off the tangent, I obviously don't know anything about AI, but if you look at COVID-19 as a gift of, and this sounds a little bit weird, literally a wake-up call of it's trying to wake us up. It's really trying to make human beings connect with something we're so disconnected. I was thinking prior to the conversation, why I feel so strongly about this. I can remember many, many years ago when I first went to New York to work, about 30 years ago, in my, I was 20 and I had a commercial assignment and I'd spent the previous years prior to that wandering on my own around primarily the Himalayas. And every evening I'd lock myself in my hotel room because I could not cope with what I felt at the time, this pain in all the human beings running around me. And I thought, is there mm. something wrong with me? Is something wrong with everybody else of my age goes off, rise in New York, and they're celebrating It's the center of the universe. And this is where you can make it all happen. And at six o'clock every day, I'm locking myself in my room and sitting in the corner, shaking, going, I can't handle the pain. I can't mm-hmm. handle this disconnection. This, this isn't the way we're meant to be. And this was 30 years ago. And I had no understanding. And I thought, I'm ill. There's something truly yeah. wrong with me. I'm a freak. Everybody else of my age is out there running around having the time of their life. And it just hurts. This shouldn't be the way, this is not the way human beings are meant to be. And then in the daytime when I was working, I was trying to function. and obviously very young and naive. I felt like I was on a, a ghost floating above all the human beings underneath me, screaming at them going, you have no idea this isn't the way you were meant to be. And that was 30 <laughs> years ago. Here oh. I am now living this, trying to live this sort of balanced life in the developed world and the undeveloped world. In Amsterdam, it's a sort of a, it's a very sort of safe, relatively safe sanctuary by comparison to other metropolises in the world. But I still struggle with it on a daily basis. And in a way, this idea of people being confronted by their fear, which everybody is at the moment in one way or another, makes me actually quite excited. This so respect to everybody gives me hope that we still are capable of feeling. We still are capable of realizing there is something wrong. Now we close it in a virus and a mask, but it's something much, much, much bigger than that. I mean, you were Mm -hmm. talking just uh, about watching a documentary on Netflix. Everybody has to watch that documentary by David Attenborough, who's 93. Oh yes, absolutely. Having traveled for 70 years of his 93 years, if anybody has seen the change in the world, but also his positive message at the end, if we as human beings dare to all become humble, there yeah. to literally realize it's not about our dominance. It's about loving and caring for the planet and enabling one another to do that. So you have to see a new light, a new dawn. I was talking with the listeners before I was joining this whole idea. I ritualistically wake up every morning. I have a small uh, roof terrace and look up into the sky. In much the same, I've been organically taught by all the communities I visit. Mostly they wake up at three o'clock in the morning They spend hours before the sun rises preparing the day to respect the day, to respect everything that when their light does arrive, that they're gonna give back to themselves, their environment and their natural world. So in a weird way, again, I'm gonna dare to lean on it. I think it's terrifyingly good for us because we're all slowly waking up painfully. I think waking up is not a bad thing at all. And I think it's
0: honestly in comparison I mean, I have to admit openly in front of everyone, again, not being insensitive at all, that much of the pain is pain that we cause ourselves, is pain that it our media it causes for oh, us. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the more fearful we become, the more inert, the more we go into yeah. lockdown. This is the, the most amazing time to rethink, to reapply. i talking, and I'm going to, forgive me if I go for the tangent, Talking about happiness, happiness is purpose, yeah? Happiness Mm. is contentment, happiness is waking up as I was describing manically before the sunrise, everyone is, today I have a purpose, and applying that to every day of your life. Imagine, imagine, and this is gonna be a little bit manic, imagine that if that was the purpose of every human being from now on, to love and care for the planet. Every one of them, the intellects of the world involve themselves with technology, perhaps less educators spend every single day doing something just picking up one piece of rubbish but if that was the purpose of everybody and that was the legacy we were going to leave behind wouldn't that be amazing absolutely my purpose my humble little purpose is to respectfully see and present as art the world's last that will keep me going till long after my death hopefully it could be tomorrow it could be whenever that purpose is utter contentment that is happiness you have I wish people could understand how fulfilling it is. And this is a moment where we could all wake up tomorrow morning with yeah. that purpose. It's not about yeah, like heads of chickens and walking up and down the shopping street every Sunday, spending the money we've been told to earn to make ourselves. You don't need it. You so yeah. don't need it. But if you totally. wake up with a purpose to love and to stroke the planet, and I'm being very melodramatic for the sake of conversation, <gasps> it's amazing. Look at what it will give back in return. Look at what the planet has given back in the last few months since it's been in peace to breathe. Absolutely. There absolutely. Isn't one I mean, one person anywhere that won't admit that. There has been pain. There has been death. Yeah, it's, so it's extraordinary fear. But please don't deny the air is cleaner to breathe. Don't deny yeah. that the light is different. Don't deny that we see changes in our natural environment around us. So that is the counterbalance yeah. to the pain. I'm fearful that we're running out of time and...
0: Instagram will shut us off at the one hour. Exactly. But I feel that really what is happening is we've hurt the planet so much. We've hurt the oneness of all of us so much. And in such a gentle way, literally like a mother, mother nature is going back to say, just a little nudge saying, hey, by the way, I can push you. Can you please stay home? And stop destroying me so I can rebuild myself so that you, you humans, can continue to live. I believe that the collateral damage of, of COVID-19 in comparison to an actual change, an actual awakening, that takes us to the point where we preserve what we have. That is the win. That is small price we pay. Yeah.
1: And when you say, I'm going to almost start crying, because when you say we've hurt the planet, we're hurting each other. Totally. So Everything. Each
0: other. Yeah. It is ridiculous what we're doing, by the way. And what kills me, Jimmy, is that with our ego, we stand in conferences and say, we're going to invent this and we're going to reverse that. And nature is just saying, stay home. All I need is for you to stay home. Can you please stop traveling unnecessarily to post pictures on Instagram? Can you please let me fix it? And if you can't let me fix it, I'm going to introduce a little element
1: with my mighty, mighty wheels, a little virus that will force you to stay home. I don't, I hate, I never wanted to be a preacher. But if I can empathize with the people who are listening, with others, this idea of in places of fear. When I was a child, for two years, I didn't sleep talking about lockdown, for two years I, it was a living nightmare that these priests would come and do things to us. For more years than I'll ever be able to remember, I've lived in fear of also of myself and hate. But then this deep, deep, deep belief, I can't carry on like this. I can't carry on like this because of remembering that feather up until the age of seven, remembering that feather, and no matter how long it would take, and perhaps a childish metaphor, but I don't care It's the way I feel, is realigning the head because I want to feel that flight. I want to feel mm. that purpose. I want to feel that moment when you look in the mirror and go, what you see is okay. You are valid here. Yeah. That takes a lot of work, and which is unending. But, but if you're given the privilege, which I'm slowly being given, the feeling of en- enlightenment, it, it, it's, I can't put it into words, so if anybody's touched by the pictures I make, that's only a fraction of what I feel inside when I make them. And it's just making pictures, but the investment, the feeling, the emotion is insane, insane. And slowly, slowly, after more years than I can, I'm repeating myself, you get that realignment and then you start to fly again. And then you're afraid of nothing because it doesn't matter anymore. I'm here. I'm mm. totally here. And for years I've mocked very unkindly through insecurity and lack of knowledge. and a book like Sir Eckhart Tolle and it's only now and I'm a very slow starter and I'm sorry that I'm really beginning to understand what these people of wisdom are saying I just had to live it and go through it in the oh, weirdest yeah. way here we are now as oh, a collective yeah. in this fear in this terror oh it could be so beautiful it could be so beautiful mm. if we dare if we dare be honest It could be so,
0: yeah. I love you, Jimmy. I will always, always remind you of that. You're the man. And everyone, everyone, you read those comments, everyone adores how you put your whole self, your whole emotion, your whole experience, your whole journey in your work, and then inspire
1: all of us. It's, you know, it is just such a pleasure. The enthusiasm is this... Extraordinary feeling from within, inside coming from the darkest place of fear, of metaphoric lockdown, where people can yeah. come up to me now, and if they only knew how relatively okay I am compared to where I came from. But I had to first come from there, as we are all now mutually in a not yeah. too dissimilar place of fear and pain, to so hold each other, help each other, trust each other, and ultimately trust ourselves. And we must be okay. I know it's possible.
0: You know what, Jimmy? I think we've all overestimated the value of science. We've underestimated the value of love in this and world. Feeling, and I think
1: and feeling.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I believe that is what the world needs today to change. We don't need an iPhone 13. I beg you, God, no more iPhones. Seriously. Nope. We need to feel. We need to connect.
1: And each individual in their own humble way has to find that path. It's difficult, yeah. it's complicated, but we're all capable of feeling it. It's often something else I'm always asked, Oh, you know, Jimmy, not only the pictures are amazing, but you're so brave. Excuse my French well, what a load of b- When I travel to this, <laughs> I'm so far off the grid. If you arrive and you're sincere, they will see you yeah. and they hold you because you put yourself fearlessly at their feet. I'm no bigger or better, I'm here guide me, help me, love me, feed me, teach me, show me. It's so Mm. easy, but first you have to let go, as we all should do now, and get off a Mm. high pedestal, the pyramid, and put ourselves down, feel the floor and the ground, feel what it means to us, and then start again together and help each other. Sorry, can I tell you an anecdote? My eldest daughter, Ardash, was telling me the other day, and she's an amazing lady, all my kids are, She was telling me the other day, likewise, I said, are you struggling? She says, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm keeping myself busy. Not only is she studying, she's a self-entrepreneur with a sort of sustainable clothing brand. She's decided in the evening she would normally go out and party. She's helping clean and shop for old women living on the street where she's living. She says, I've had more fun in the last few months listening to these very smart old women telling me stories, guiding me, laughing at me teasing with me she says i've become addicted i would have never had this opportunity if i'd been carry on and she's not the biggest person going out and i thought isn't that beautiful it's all there it the adventure's is ventures there the love is there by giving and helping other people what these she says what these women are giving back to me you have no idea but i would have never spent two to three nights a week sitting with a 93 year old lady <laughs> cleaning her or doing her shopping and it's not that we have to spend the rest of our life doing that, but there are fantastic adventures to be had of discovery of curiosity here on our doorstep, and whether it's yeah. she helping somebody or me making it. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. Good. So as we all walk into this next
0: lockdown, dare to love is what Jimmy is telling all of us dare yeah. to understand that finding yourself and finding what your life purpose is, finding your path through life, finding your path to happiness, is all about looking within and finding that love. I really don't want Instagram Live to shut us down. So, Jimmy, close us with your final tips and advice, your final words of inspiration.
1: Um, it's a privilege to talk to you uh, and to receive That's the compliments that you've been giving. Thank you. Thank you for accommodating me in my eccentric hopefully passionate way of communicating. We love it. based on anything I've ever read. It's only based on what I feel. everybody love every bit of it. Thank you, everybody else, for uh, participating and being patient with us at the beginning. And uh, look after yourselves and one another in the next few months. There is light to be seen, although you may be somewhere in Northern Europe and it's the winter. Trust me, it's there. Just feel it. And if you're lost, pick up a feather and stroke the hairs on the feather. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, and think of that metaphor. You're
0: Thank the you. best, Jimmy. Thank you all the so much. True. Thank you all for joining
1: us. And Thank you uh, we should do this more often. I'm here. And I enjoy your colleagues who I've been talking to as well. They're, they're good guys. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> okay, look, they're wonderful. <laughs> look after yourself there in Dubai. Biggest everybody. And Thank well, you for having me. And you too. Love you. Bye. See you Bye. soon. Bye. You Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> I'll have to admit that Instagram thing was uh, a bit hectic for me. I I think I'm getting old. I mean, all of the technical issues and making sure that the network is proper and the comments that you're sending, which are incredible and wonderful, but at the same time, a little bit distracting. Anyway, I enjoyed it tremendously. If you have two, uh, let me know, and maybe we will make that a more regular practice for some of my closest guests, ones that I'm truly comfortable to have this kind of conversation with live in front of everyone. So to do that, find me on social media and tell me what you think. Tell me how we're doing on slow mo Tell me what topics you want to hear about. I'm really grateful for those of you that recommend guests. So keep doing that. Tell me who you want to hear a conversation with here on slow mo I am mo underscore gaudet on Instagram, mo gaudet on LinkedIn, m on Twitter, and mo.gaudet.official on Facebook. And uh, if you want to watch some of my content, including some of the slow-mo episodes, come to youtube.com slash solve for happy. I can't thank you enough for all of the alibis that you give me to have such wonderful conversations with such amazing people. I know you have a million and a half things to do on daily basis but remember when you look for it there is always that little bit of time for you to slow down. I love you all for listening and I'll see you next time.